0: I have a question before we get started today I want to help you I'm pastor Doyle from the church next door and I'm here every day to help you take a step so that you can live a more godly life but also so you can live a life that is better for you and your family and the community and so here's my question do you have a love in your life you know we're almost to Valentine's Day and you better do something about it if you don't there's going to be a conflict And that's what we're talking today about on Your Next Step. We're going to talk about conflict, and I want to teach you how to deal with conflict, but also maybe let's not even have one by by living rightly. And like we talked about last week, communication. And if you missed it, you need to go back and you need to listen to last week's lessons. you got to get those on communication. They are awesome. But today we're going to talk about the four causes of conflict and the four ways to deal with conflict. That's right. There are four ways to deal with conflict, and we're going to unpack them, and we're going to talk about the four causes of conflict, and we're going to look at them in Scripture. You are going to be so encouraged, and guess what? Your relationships are going to improve, and this is why, because you're exceptional, and you know that conflict is a part of life, but now you're going to learn how to diffuse it. As a pastor, I've seen people over the years, I've seen their marriages come back together, their kids come home, and uh, the prodigals come to know God and live for Him, all because people in the family learned how to lean into God's way. What would it mean if you and I became exceptional people? What would be the keys to that? Now, be clear on that. This is not a self-help program. This is not an adventure where you and I try to figure out the 21 steps or we buy a special juice and we drink that. You know what I'm saying? No. This is about you and I coming to God, the creator of the universe, the one that designed you and I, and saying, God, you designed me for a purpose. And that that is an exceptional thing. You, You have something special for me. And it's out of you and I deriving our relationship, our identity, which comes from God, our father, worshiping him, loving him, building in a relationship with him. The scripture says, if you love the Lord, your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? So as you and I love God, our love, then we're filled up by God and we pour out into the world around us. We're an overflowing cup and we love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the kingdom mentality. See, our relationship with God is not just to impact us, it's to impact us and flow into the world around us. Now, we began this journey uh, three weeks ago, and we talked about exceptional commitment. And we said that if you and I will begin to grab a hold of commitment and realizing that that life is not just about ourselves but about being in community and in relationship, we said that you and I want to impact the, the schools that we're a part of. We want to impact the communities, our workplaces and our homes, that this is about impacting all of that. And if we learn what it means to be committed to one another, we've actually found out that science tells us that when we make those kind of commitments to the people around us that we get a flood of good hormones that brings peace and satisfaction. We talked about the serotonin and the oxytocin. Then last week we said that in order for those kind of communities to exist, we have to learn how to manage our mouth. We said that, that the words that we speak can bring life into the worlds around us, the people around us. And so we're going to become intentional about that. Well, today we're going to take it to the next level, and we're going to look at exceptional conflict. Does that mean we're going to learn how to fight? No. It means that we're going to learn how to diffuse those conflicts. How many of you remember the movie, The Karate Kid? Some of us were there when it first came out and saw it at a theater, not just on Netflix, okay? It's the story of, of, a, of a young boy who's dealing with conflict. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Most of us, where we learn how to deal with conflict starts in our home, doesn't it? When we learn how to deal with conflict beginning in life, it's around our family. And and, and we got to be honest, not all of our families taught us how to deal with this well. I, I can tell you honestly, this is the truth. And I will not lie. I'm underneath a 650-pound cross. I ain't going to mess with that, baby. My first conflicts were with Alan and (laughs) Philip, And generally, they were the problem. I say that to tell you that your first experience with a conflict is in the confines of family. Think about that. You may be able to sit back today and think, well, you know what? There were some pretty unhealthy things. There were some healthy things. There were some whatever. Now the story of the karate kid is this. He's a single parent child in a single home and suddenly he's getting bullied on the streets. And he's trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? See, he didn't have a younger brother like Doyle to beat up. He he had to figure out. And he goes down the street and what happens? Mr. Miyagi, all right? Mr. Miyagi begins to teach him how to deal with conflict, and he's trying to teach him how to redirect, how to avoid, how to, he's not trying to teach him to fight. Look at this. This is the scripture we've been using every week. Open up your notes, get them out. It says right here, Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, the goal that we're on right now is to adjust our thinking. And the only way is with God's help. Realize that God is the solution. So the prayer should go something like this. God, I need your help. My my approach to the conflicts of my life has not been working. Would you help me? Forgive me, God. Help me to adjust the way I think about conflict. That's the prayer today. Because, folks, if we keep approaching conflict the way the world does, whoo, that is the problem in the world that you and I have right now. People do not know how to to resolve the conflicts in their life. Let's just send out another bad tweet. (laughs) That will help. All right, fuel to the fire. Okay, are you ready to go? Got your notes out? Four causes of conflict. Four causes for conflict. Number one, poor communication. Speaking of tweets, Psalm 141:1 it says, Set a guard over your mouth, O Lord, over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, many times, many times the reason we have a conflict in our life is we decide to say something. We just blurt it out. Whoops, probably should have said that. Next thing you know, bam, you're getting popped in the lips, right? You know what I'm saying? We say something at work. We say something at school. We say something at home. It is our mouth that gets us in trouble. That's why your mom washed your mouth out. She's trying to help you out. All right. Number two, unfulfilled expectations. James 4, 1 and 2. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. What? What's it saying in James? It's saying is this. He says, the reason you fight is this. You had some expectation. You thought your boss was going to give you a bonus, and then he didn't. And It was just all in your head. It was all in your head. And so you've been walking around mad all day long because you didn't get the promotion. You didn't get the... See what I'm saying? We get upset because we get some idea in our mind. They don't even know about it. And and we're mad at them. We're holding it against them. And relationships get sideways. How about this? Number three, despising differences. Mark 3.25, it says, If a house is divided against itself that house cannot stand this is what happens here is this. We, we are jealous of somebody else and because we're jealous of what they got. We're trying to one up them. Or how about this one? You ever, you ever, uh, got a new member of your team. All right. At work. And you just don't know why, but that person just irritates you when you look at them. And then after a while, you think about it for a little bit. You know what? He reminds me of Uncle Joe. I can't stand Uncle Joe. That's what it is. You go to your boss. You got to get him off my team. Why is that? I don't like him. Your boss says what? He knows how to do the job and you don't. We get ourselves into trouble. And it's because there are unresolved things sometimes, or jealousies, or you name it. We end up despising people. There's a bitterness there. And you know what you have to do as a Christ follower? You have to go back and you say, God, forgive me. God, I forgive Uncle Joe. And God, I've been jealous, and that's not right. Last one, number four, is our old sin nature. Now, this is what happens here. Romans 3 23 says, For everyone, say everyone, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. That means that every human being, even your newborn baby, three weeks old, has a selfish nature in there. How do I know that? Because all they do is cry and whine and say, Feed me, take care of me, you know, that's our that's our human nature. It is our human nature to be. Selfish and self-centered, and this is what happens. The reason we get in a fight is, is we'll we'll, we'll get in a crazy fight. Well, why do I have to take out the trash? Philip could take out the trash, and the next thing you know, Katie bar the door. That's because we're selfish. We're in the middle of what we're doing, and what did Jesus say? Jesus said, "If you come after me, if you are going to be my follower," daily, every day, every day, you must get up, deny yourself and carry your cross every day. Say every day. Amen. Oh man, that's good stuff. Keep preaching it, pastor. Uh, you fell for that one. That's good. All right. <laughs> four ways to deal with conflict. This is one of my favorites. You need to know, I got, I got this, this section that I got this idea from a pastor by the name of Chris Hodges. I love this. Number one, number one, my way. (laughs) I like that way. Number two, your way. Number three, halfway. And number four, God's way. Now see in most of us, most of us, we gravitate to one of the top three. All right. If, if we have a strong personality, then we just assume every argument needs to go our way. Now, some of us, because of the experiences of our life and whatnot, we're always, we're just like, well, whatever you say, whatever you say, we're milk toast people, you know what I'm saying? And we're just like, okay. And then you know what happens? If you're one of those people, you are a bomb waiting to explode, all right? After 20 years of having it their way, then one day, kaboom, man. It's like something has just gone off like a rocket. And then halfway. Now, there's some people, they just always approach every problem halfway. They want to solve every problem in their life with duct tape, spit, and a little bit of chewing gum. And then they wonder why life implodes on them. Let me tell you something. The best way. The only way to deal with conflict in your life is God's way. God's way. Because God's way resolves the problem. It brings reconciliation. It brings new life. It prunes away the dead. It makes room for growth. God's way always, always adds value. uh, God's way always values the people involved. So let's learn God's way today. Let's learn about exceptional conflict. So what is God's way? Think of others as better than yourself. Philippians 2, 3. Think of others as better than yourself. That's God's way. God's way is always to think of others better than yourself. I love this. From Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says... Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, God's method, God's method of dealing with conflict is this. What happened? He places us in the garden. He said, you got one job, one job, one job. Yes, sir. What is that one job? be obedient, be obedient. Don't touch that tree. Next thing, you know, we're at home baking an apple pie and we're serving it to the neighborhood. I mean, what is up with that? See, we, we think, we think we know better than God. Now we offended. We broke the relationship. We brought, we burnt our house down, baking the pie. You know what I'm saying? And the next thing, you know, God says, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to work out a way. He gives us a plan. And then one day he steps in. And he says, take my hand. And he leads us out. See, God's way has always been to forgive. God's way has always been to repair the breach to step in personally and take responsibility not for what he did wrong but for what we did wrong. Are, are, are you saying, pastor, that if someone does me wrong, I have to to pay the difference? Yep. That's God's way. But 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 but, but that don't seem fair. I know it wasn't fair. He took all your sins on himself. You like being the receiver, but not the giver. And Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Oh man, don't keep bringing that Bible stuff up on me. See, that's that's the tension. That's the argument that goes on inside of us. But but what it says here is, submit to one another of a reverence for Christ. That means I'm going to submit myself I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come under someone else in their need. I'm going to come under them because I know that Christ Jesus came under the law. Christ Jesus came under the, this world in order to lift me up. And when you and I come under submission to God, when we come under submission to our bosses and the people around us with respect and love, you know what we do? We have the ability to lift them up and bring them in to the healing, power, and presence of the living God. And that's why when you, when you go to school, when you go to school, you respect the authorities around you. That's why when you when you're at work, you respect them and you submit to that. Because it's not you're not submitting to them for them alone. You're submitting to the, the Lord of the universe, the creator of all things, and you're to be an example of the love and the power of God in that situation. Look at this. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The goal of this is is so that we can become one. See, if you and I will grasp hold of God's way of dealing with conflict, there will be greater unity in our life. Think about this. If you and I I will approach it from God's way, Drama is going to drop in our life. Chaos is going to go out the window. And, and what's going to happen is other people are going to be drawn into our lives because the peace that we have, the joy that we have, because we've learned, I'm just going to forgive. I'm going I'm I'm to do whatever I can to help them. And that will happen at school, at home, at work, on the ball field, wherever we go. John 13, 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. The goal is to love. The goal is to love, not to fight. I love this statement. I gave it to you. It says, conflicts need participants. So stop fighting. If you will stop fighting, the conflict will come to an end. Some of us, you know what I mean? I mean, some of us, we're just, we're just looking for a fight all the time. And, and I can be honest with you and tell you this. I've had friends over the years. I've had people in my life that have been through traumatic experiences. They've been through very hard circumstances. And because of those difficult circumstances, it was their, their grit. It was the fight in them that helped them overcome. I have one friend that, that, that grew up in a third world country, you know, in poverty, and, and just, just to get a meal every day took everything they had out of them. And 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 they, they found a way, they worked hard, they made a way, they made it to the United States of America, they immigrated and and they went through that process to, to to legally become a citizen and get their education and the whole way they were fighting their way through. You know what I'm saying? Every time they had a roadblock, they said, No way, I'm not gonna give up. And 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 then They come to see me now. They've been here for several years and they're like, I don't understand why I can't get along with my boss. I don't understand why I'm not getting along with my spouse. And and they're they're just like, and I said, well, well, uh, umbrella of mercy here. You're a fighter. They said, what do you mean? (laughs) I said, you think everything's a fight. And I said, you're in a new place now. You're in a new place now. What got you here ain't going to get you to the next level. See, many of us, the systems that got us to the point that we are right now, aren't going to get them, get us to the next level. We have to change. We have to adjust. I said, you have to learn how to forgive now. You have to learn how to be kind and work with one another. You have to learn a whole new thing. I don't think I can do that. I know you can't, but if you will let Christ become the Lord of your life and run your attitude in the way, yes, you can. Listen, I have nothing against grit. And there are times when you've got to know how to push through. I respect that. I think it's great. But there are times when you need to submit to one another in love. There are times when you have to recognize and see, if you've been a fighter, this is my prayer for you today. My prayer is that you'll be listening to the Holy Spirit as I speak and you'll say, Huh, wonder if that could be me. There's generally a trail of broken relationships in your life. A continual succession from job to job to job. And and and, and you've never even noticed it. You just thought all of them were bad. And you have to go to God and say, oh, God, forgive me. I've been a fighter. Now, some of us, we've, just, we've had the sin of acquiescence. It doesn't matter whatever, whatever you say, whatever you say. And you've got to get a little grit going. It's a both ends. All right. So what is uh, a hope-filled approach? I'm going to give you four, four keys to a hope-filled approach today. Four of them. And um, I hope you'll write them down. I hope you'll begin to get them in your heart and begin to practice them every day, all right? The first one, the first one is no room for anger. Make a decision that from this day forward, there is no room in your heart for anger. There's no room for anger in your life. Miss part of the show today and wanna hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. So let's do that right now. You know, every day we like to pray, so today let's pray for our lawgivers and legislators. Lord, we continue to pray today about our nation and the world because you told us to pray for people in leadership and those in authority. Today we want to focus our energy in prayer on people that make laws, individuals that legislate. God, we we live under a system where people are writing the laws, and they do that, and many times they don't agree, and sometimes they come up with laws that just don't work because they're trying to agree, and so, Lord, we pray that you would keep them from making laws that are ineffective or unhelpful, but, God, you would create wisdom and unity around laws that would bring about peace and life that people might grow and Lord we pray that they would write laws in ways which they could be understood by the people that have to live under them. Lord you understand law you are the giver of law you said it's it's not good for us to covet what another person has that's part of your law and and we have law givers and and leaders that need to know how to write legislation that is helpful. May they write less verbose legislation that is unhelpful. And may they write concise, good things that bring life. Jesus, you said the law brings life. You said that you didn't want to take away from the law of God. And so we pray that as they write laws, it might begin to reflect your morality God that it would it would make us into a people that would be able to follow you bring the end to laws that are harming us in Jesus name Lord help the lawgivers and legislators you know I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here right so, would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free, it's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you, so go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step.
1: I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just... You leave like oh, so refreshed.
0: And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
1: Stories are a way we relate to one another, it's hard to underestimate their importance. Wesler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text one 38 story one 38 story or visit WestlerMedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R, media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's weslermedia.com, wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.